Welcome to Dear Friends and Dead Ends Podcast. My name is Ashley. My name is Cody. Cases may contain graphic material as well as explicit language. Intro music. Welcome to the Hell Zone by Spooky Black Vague 003 Remix. All right. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Yes, 36. We forgot to announce that last time. Who's counting? Not this guy. Mm, Yeah, especially not that guy. So I've also said our Instagram wrong in the last episode. It's Dear Friends Dead Ends Pod on Instagram. And Dear Friends Dead Ends at Gmail if you guys want to send us headlines or reminders that we are you know complete idiots or fantastic Fan- oh we are fantastic idiots yeah for sure I'll take that for sure for sure anyway i hope everyone is having a good week i think i'm gonna change our release dates to fridays officially we're gonna release on fridays because i think that's gonna work the best don't hold us to it we might change it uh okay I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have a beer, and I'm kind of sad about it. So. I ain't making promises. I ain't making promises. <laughs> I cut a bunch of my beard off. Can you believe that? It's kind of like almost a straight line, but not really. Oh, did I fuck it up? Oh, I, I don't, don't know. I, I don't know what you were going for. Nah, it's fine. Homeless in Toledo, or... Homeless in Seattle. Is it that fucking crooked? That looks crooked as shit. I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Probably not everyone's time. Oh, yes. Yeah, we are wasting everyone's time. Absolutely. It's my favorite pastime. Okay. Me too. So, I guess instead of waiting till the middle, I'm just going to do it now in case I forget about it. But we do have a headline. It is an upper this week. The queen and... is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you can say the real thing. I'm sorry. Mm. I'll shut up. I am regretting more and more that I did not bring a beer upstairs for this. I'm sitting this next to my beer fridge. How great that is for you. Yeah, being sober with this one is usually not fun because he is on a whole other level and... Anyway, so the headline I have is 305 dogs rescued, 20 arrested in largest dogfighting raid in South Carolina history. Holy shit. How many dogs? 305 dogs. God damn. Yes. These poor good boys and good girls were forced into violence. And now they can be rehomed. Hopefully, hopefully they can, you know, I don't know. Find love. Yeah, hopefully they can really get them, yeah, the help they need to, you know, be the best version of themselves. Because sometimes you can't really reverse some of that because it's pretty cruel the way they treat those dogs. Oh, yeah. That's how my parents got me. I was rescued from a fighting ring, and then they took me home from the shelter. 
So many jokes. So many jokes, I could say. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Not a purebred. Tell you that much. Bit of a mutt. <laughs> no one would ever guess. Well, I'm happy for those dogs. Yes, me too. I'm happy they got rescued. That's the first step, is making sure they're not going to be harmed again. And then, second step is to make Cody get one of those DNA tests. Because if he's a mutt, we need to know what is mixed in his DNA. I'm thinking like 50% beer, 50% Irish whiskey. You're not terribly far off. 100% hangover he had this past weekend. Yeah, that sucked. That was rough. It was fun, though. I had a nickname all ready to go for when we were going to record, and he was like, yeah, no. Yeah, I not oh, today. Oh, but I, I texted you. I I made Sarah laugh on the couch so goddamn hard because we were sitting there and like I actually I texted you about this because I don't often get sick when I'm drinking. Oh yes, yes, yes. Right. So a lot of people they'll get too drunk and their body gets rid of that poison. My mm-hmm. body doesn't do that. My body holds on to it, and I I keep <laughs> poisoning it. And then eventually I wake up. So Sunday, I woke up, and I went to... It was actually um, one of my best friends uh, since childhood, his wedding. Um, so I got to see one of my best friends marry the love of his life. And Aww. then we we immediately started drinking and then uh we got home and we pretty early we yeah the well it was it, the weather was pretty bad and it was like sort of outside mm-hmm. um and it was only going for maybe like another hour before everyone had to get out of there anyway um and i was i had sobered up so i was like i'm just i'll drive us home um and I, but I woke up Sunday because me, Sarah, and my dad, who I've mentioned a couple times on here. Um, yes, the one who fell off the pier, guys. Yeah, the one who fell off the pier. Um, <laughs> he he got me a bottle of this. Uh, it's called like Chattanooga Whiskey 1916 or some shit. Okay. And it is it is such a deliciously smooth whiskey, but it's like all spice. So like normally when you when you drink whiskey, it you mm-hmm. like have that really like warm, like uh, yeah. it, almost like not flavor, but that really warm feeling in your mouth. This yeah. is like a super spicy whiskey like that, but it's really easy to drink because it goes down so smooth. When you say spice, like like just that that like that like warm kind of like burning sensation that whiskey gives you. Not like fireball. No, 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 no. God, no. That's cinnamon. Um, No. So we, so we drank that bottle of whiskey and then the next day I was to record with you (laughs) and me, what just happened? Why'd my camera go out? (laughs) What the fuck? Dude, this is such dog shit. Whatever. (laughs) Start video. How's that? fucking dumb i don't know um so so i was sitting on the couch with my fiance and i was like 
I was just like super hungover, just facing my phone, like trying to ignore the world. And she went, Ooh, look at that. And I looked at the TV and it was a commercial for Papa John's like pizza bowl. Pizza bowl. I fucking hate Papa John's. Genuine. I hate Papa John's. It the sauce is super sweet, the cheese is sweet, and the bread tastes like the crust tastes like cardboard. I fucking hate that shit. I I cannot stand Papa John's. And and the founder's like a bullshit racist. Fuck that company. Um, I mean, you're you're not wrong. So we're sitting there, and I it just I looked up. And to see that Papa John's took all their trash fucking ingredients and just melt them in a bowl now for you so you don't have to eat the crust, I I refer to it as spitty mouth. That feeling like right before you're about to throw up and your mouth is just like fucking tons of spit Try and make this easier. And my mouth started watering so hard and I started like, <laughs> and Sarah started yelling at me was like you're gonna fucking make me throw up get out of here stop it so I like I genuinely had to get up and like run to the bathroom because I thought I was I thought I was gonna throw up and like nothing For the first time in your life from a hangover not the first time there's been a few times really? but it is incredibly rare for me to throw up the next day after drinking like if if I throw up the next day after drinking, you can assume I probably like legitimately had alcohol poisoning. Been there. Yep. Um, yeah, I've I've thrown up like the next day, like probably two, three times in my life. That's but incredible. that fucking just slop pile of Papa John's racist fucking ingredients in that thing and then they're just like "Ooh, eat it like a soup like you nasty fucks i i was so upset i'm still upset clearly i'm reacting much more harshly than this needs to um but that was my sunday so i am gonna do the case of alicia brookshire i'm this is this i there's only so much certainty i can have as far as how to pronounce her name i did not find a single youtube video or anything on her oh damn nothing so yeah she's like completely almost unreported so i couldn't find like any news footage anything at all that pronounced her name so if i said it wrong i apologize but that's the most information i was able to find was on the charlie project which i still use and i absolutely love it but this is her story she has never been found while I would love to hope that she is alive out there somewhere, she does have children, so uh, odds are something terrible happened to her. But we'll go over the details of her case. So this case takes place in 2008, almost exact to the recording. Uh, it was September 28th of 2008, so, you know, not too far off. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Alicia vanished from Farmington, New Mexico. She was only 5'1 and 105 pounds. She was quite petite. But to her two children, you know, she was this huge presence in their lives. She was everything to them, regardless of her size. And she accomplished what I think is, you know, a pretty good amount before she vanished. Is... Yeah. Is she, she is... 
not a little person, correct? No, is I think you have to be... Is that okay to ask? Is that okay to say? It might not be. You can take this out. You can say that. I prefer that rather than the, I don't want to say the M word. They really don't like that one, which is understandable. Yeah, so little yeah. people is okay. I think the standard for being considered a little person or having dwarfism is 411 or below, I think, or maybe like 410. Damn, so she like barely made the cutoff. That's, this is, I'm sorry. Just keep this going. This is a victim, Cody. I know, I'm sorry. Not your fucking doctor's appointment. <laughs> 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 All right. So, Alicia was born March 13th of 1971. She was 37 years old at the time that she went missing. She had black hair, brown eyes. She was last seen at the Garden of Eden. We are taking it way back. Biblical disappearances, first Jesus, and now the vanishing of Eden. When will they return? The world is still waiting. Those happened the other way, just for the record. Okay, that's fine. I don't know that. Is it? Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> no, but literally there's a place in New Mexico called the Garden of Eden. Would you like to guess what it is? I didn't plan on doing this, but I think this will be fun. I don't want to. Please do it. Guess what? I'll give you three guesses. Is it a dancing place? <laughs> dancing place? Is is it a place where you watch people dance? Cody, just call it what it is. Oh my is god. Is it a strip club? No, it's not a strip club. I have no other guesses. That was the only thing that popped into my head. Uh Christian bookstore. A Christian bookstore. That's actually a good one. No. Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. You said it's in New Mexico? It is. I don't think you're gonna get it. It's a, it's a it's a uh, nursery, but like for plants. Is that still? That would also be fun. That would be very. That would be, that would be a good guess. It uh, is a tanning salon. The fuck? Okay. Yes, Garden of Eden is a tanning salon, and this is the last. It's, place. It is weird that my first guess was probably the closest. Yeah, actually, the but the the nursery one was actually very good. I honestly. I would take it very literally and think it's like... Yeah, I thought it might be. Like, hey, come... But it's New Mexico, so I was like, what the fuck they sell? Like, goddamn cactuses and... There's like... Succulents. I don't know. Yeah. What? I don't know. It's succulents just always makes me laugh. I know what they are, because Sarah loves plants, but the word just, it's always kind of catches me off guard. Is it because it's too close to other words that are similar? Uh, Yeah, I'm just a child. I can't help it. Like, succubus. (laughs) You should see a smile right now. It's just funny to me. I can't help it. Like, just people saying things that could could be misconstrued and people getting hurt are, like, the two things that always make me laugh. Oh, I didn't... No, never mind. I'm going to derail us again. Never mind. Uh, Someone... I went to see the movie Barbarian the other day which is a horror movie that's mm-hmm. fucking awesome and everyone should go see it if you can. Mm-hmm. And someone was running up the steps What's to their the seat and they I'm sorry. Uh that's the the it's the whole point of it is to go in not knowing what's going on. But basically two people okay, show up. Fair. Two people show up to an Airbnb that they both have um reservations but they don't know like it's they're two strangers so they're kind of like what the fuck are you doing here what the fuck are you doing here and then shit goes sideways but it's fantastic um but while we were watching it someone went running up the steps to their seat 
and tripped and ate shit. Oh my god. Do you understand? It was like I fucking laughed so hard. Cody. And then immediately had to try and shut it down and be quiet because I knew I'd just keep laughing for the next half hour. But all I heard was someone fall and I was like, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before. Have I told you what I believe is the funniest moment ever in our marriage, Dana and I? Thank you for clarifying. (laughs) Yes, not our marriage. It was the middle of the night. Dana had to get up. And for whatever reason, he got over because I'm usually on the edge of the bed that is like facing out to the room and he's usually against the wall so for whatever reason he yeah he climbed over me instead of just going over towards the door and just getting out that way and his boxers got caught on this little corner of the bed it's like maybe an inch worth of like wood there to get caught on and it caught him so hard he fell (laughs) he fell to the floor and he just let out a uh, <laughs> he was out of anyway so and he was just like uh, or like whatever groaning noise he made and I remember being like <laughs> half awake to the point where I was so tired that all I could do was smile. I couldn't even laugh. And then I went back to bed and he obviously, I guess, figured his life out. But <laughs> that's incredible. I love it. Ugh, it's, it's my favorite thing that's happened in our marriage. And that poor man literally ate shit on the floor because his boxers got caught on the bedpost. Uh, not literally. Le- yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Fair enough. Good call. All right. We derailed from garden of eden to whatever the fuck i just talked about so anyway alicia was last seen at the garden of eden in new mexico which is a tanning salon come to find out alicia herself owned that tanning salon so this was her business oh okay yeah so she was a businesswoman she you know which is really cool because she was providing money for her kids It was a Sunday that day when she was there, which was September 28th. Yep. And then she was actually there with her ex-husband, Andre Lebedo. And the two of them were, yeah, they were obviously no longer together. uh, But they still maintained a home with their two children. So they all still live together, which is actually really impressive. Because being able to co-parent, you know, for the sake of the kids, if you're able to do that, I think that's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the dream. Not everyone is able to do that, but I think that was really impressive that they, they were able to do that. They lived in Aztec, New Mexico, which uh, was about 20 minutes away when I looked it up to the best of my ability because that business no longer exists because that was her business, and unfortunately, she did go missing. So uh, they had arrived in a four-door silver sedan. Uh, it was a 2000... like was the model year Mm -hmm. i don't remember i don't remember which uh make it was uh but the plate number was jwf at 653 what she did was she packed some items in there from the salon and then they both left that that's pretty much it that's all that happened they leave in the car together from what i am able to find out but um it's i don't think there's any cctv footage if there is the police obviously haven't shared any of it and they're keeping that for right 
you know, the case if, you know, something did happen. And so I'm really not sure if she had security footage or what, or if this is just like a witness account. Okay, fair. Yes. So this is late September 2008. She gets in the car with him. They leave, and then she is never seen again. So we now come to Hmm. 2009. Police come upon a vehicle in Aztec, New Mexico. Uh, I wrote a whole snippet because 2009, personally for me, was a great year. I don't know about anybody else, but Mm. that was the year I started dating my husband. So very biased. But the next year was a good year for me. Yes, that's when you started dating Sarah. Who is now your fiance? Love you, baby. Uh, when um, I feel like we're going to be waiting another ten years for you guys to actually get married. Oh, I tell is... you what, she hates that joke. I Does make she it really? all the time. Yep. Cody took us took us twelve took us twelve years to get engaged. It'll take us another ten years to get married. And she's like, "No, it fucking won't. I'll leave you." I'm like, "Oh, all right, cool, Got good." It. She she will put her foot down. Strong, independent, no need, no man. You lucked out with that one. As I said, police come upon this vehicle in Aztec, New Mexico. The car is found abandoned and not quite in the best condition. At the very least, it's been months, possibly a whole year, as they don't specify when in 2009 the car is found. Okay. As the police are pulling up, uh, they grow increasingly concerned. Why? Well, first of all, there's an individual that is giving their best Forrest Gump impression and is fleeing and running from the vehicle. Naturally. Yeah. So can you imagine being that person and seeing, like, there's this car, whether you are leaving the car, you're going to break into the car, what have you. All of a sudden, the cops show up and you're like, shit, 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 shit. So you're just, like, taking off, hoping they don't catch you, right? I, I, no. I did, like... Saturday, I did, like, three rounds of the electric slide, and I thought I was going to fucking throw up. I'm so out of shape. I'm not getting away from the cops. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't work out. I really should. And then I do have to shout out Zane, who listens to us. Incredible. Oh, the, that, always, Zane be running. I know. All the mileage that is going on there. Like, we are so incredibly proud of you, and you don't need us to be proud of you because you or a whole, you know, grown adult, but still, we're impressed, buddy. Yes. Also, that's not saying much because it's us, but still, I we work think you're fantastic. I work from home now. I don't even move. We're really getting distracted. Anyway, yep. so a person is fleeing from the vehicle, and also um, the car, I believe, is on fire, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fucking buried the lead on that one. <laughs> I think I even forgot to write it down, but that was, they did put that there. So after inspection, police found that it was Alicia's car and it never even left Farmington, New Mexico or that area, you know, in Aztec or what have you. They did find a different plate on the vehicle. And um, like any highly intellectual individual, the uh, VIN number was still the same though. That hadn't been scratched out or changed in any way. Just change the plates. So, I mean, Abby, uh, yeah, no, that's that's a bad idea. But like, if if 
they're close enough to check the VIN number anyway, you're sort of fucked already. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, close enough to look mm-hmm. down through the windshield and see that shit. It's going to be like, oh, <laughs> okay, sir, get out of the car. Yeah, you're right. So it's at this point when, uh, in my notes, when I started drinking my Snoop Dogg 19 Crimes Rosé wine. So just a warning, I don't know what's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally put a note in that said, best of luck. So in addition to the car, you know, trying to camouflage itself or whatever, Andre never reported his ex-wife as missing. Huh. Even even though he left with her. That's a bit suspicious. Only a little bit. So that's dumb as fuck, but you know, that's what he chose to do. It's only the mother of your children that you still live with, but yeah, who would notice? So Alicia's sister stated that she reported her missing, but this comes about six months after she was last seen. She used to talk to her sister every day, so I'm not sure if she kept trying to find out from Andre Mm -hmm. and kept getting the runaround and a bunch of other dumb shit, and then finally she reported it. But how long? Six months. So I don't know the specifics of why it took her so long to file a report. I don't know if he said he already filed a report and lied to her. He could have said that. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was like, otherwise, that's pretty fucking dodgy. Yeah, but they were pretty close, so I don't think... And I couldn't find anything else that would point to any suspicious activity that she would have done or why she would, you know, wait that long unless it was something like that. There is that. The police in Aztec state that they have no record of um, her reporting her missing at all. They, they don't have a report that she filed. Huh. Police, okay, nothing against the police, but, like, police fuck up all the time. So they could have lost a report. I'm not really, like, going to sit here and say she didn't file one because I don't know. It's possible yeah. either way. But, um, yeah. so she, she hmm. said about, you know, six months after she disappeared, she filed a report. So this is 2009. We go to 2011, January 2011. It's been two years, two and a half-ish actually. Okay. Alicia's cousin reports um, the disappearance to San Juan County Police Department. So different jurisdiction, but it took way too long. And this is finally, I think, when we would have gotten the information out there. Yeah. I think this is the report that sticks, regardless of why. shit. Yeah. So two and a half years go by all this time for people to get the lead on the investigation because they've had all this time to cover their tracks and do whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that really sucks for this case and for finding her bringing justice if there was a crime. It's really fucked up. That's awful. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we have no idea who left the car there because they must have been running and by the time, you know what I mean? They just, they were gone. So we have no idea who left the car. So there is more fuckery that goes down. A month after Alicia vanished, so we're back in 2008, Right. a a check that was written to her is cashed. You said this is a month after she vanished? Correct. (sighs) Details are a little tricky. So the check was from an ex-boyfriend for work that she had done for him. I don't know what his business was or anything like that. I don't think it was anything salacious. Don't make that face. Oh, I wasn't trying to make a face about that. I genuinely wasn't. I'm just like... Yeah, yeah. How how did... Two years to file a report? Six months? Like, a month after? Like, it's it's a fucking bank in the 2000s. They for sure got cameras in that bitch. Yes, um, but, you know... Yeah, it's just there's so many 
things that I, I don't understand because if the this gets cashed and the ex-boyfriend reports it, you would think if they were trying to find, I you know what I mean? I, yeah. I just feel like there would have been a report like maybe then. Either way. So there was an agreement between Alicia and the ex, uh, Joseph Marin, that she actually wasn't going to cash the check. For whatever reason, they had an agreement, maybe because they broke up, that she just wasn't mm. going to cash it. And it was for, I think, $2,200. Okay. She just had this check for like, I think it was, she had had it for a year when she went missing. And then suddenly it gets cashed. So that's a little shady. And then um, the date on the check had been altered to the correct year when it was cashed. They questioned the ex-husband, Andre. He says Alicia mailed him the check. He was going to cash it and give her the money. Right? Okay. Yes. Is she out of the country? You know, why couldn't she cash it herself? Yeah. He, yeah. And then he says, well, I kept the money. She owed it to me, and I used it for a loan. Okay. So, so first That's... you're like, oh, I cashed it for her, and then you're like, no, I cashed it for me. Those are, she actually... those are very contradictory. Just just a little bit. He said Alicia wrote her own driver's license number on the check, yet the employee of the, it's called Highway Grill, I, I, I guess it's like a dash-in or something where he cashed it. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, It's confusing. Oh, so like a check cashing place okay so you didn't go to a bank it's called like highway grill though yeah but like some some of the like do convenience stores do that some places will do a couple different things so they might cash checks for you they might like run keno they might run you know like that sort of like little transaction stuff but that's still super strange yeah so the employee of the highway grill states that they physically remember Andre had her driver's license with him when he brought the check in. Because it's not a small check. It's $2,200. Yeah. So there's a flag there. So many, so many red flags. It gets worse. So uh, there's another check that gets cashed. Okay. Okay. So this is another one that was from the ex-boyfriend, Joseph. And it's for around $1,000. And once again, it gets cash after she has vanished. And I'm like, are we trying to go to jail? And like not yeah. really being good about it. Like, mm, just not not smart. <laughs> I just, oh, this, oh, yes, that's right. This time he's like, I've learned some things. It doesn't necessarily get cashed right away. Uh, it's deposited into her account, and then two days later, he takes it out. So it's less suspicious. Uh, I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> okay. Correct. This whole thing is yes, but no. Okay. Andre Lebedo gets rightfully charged with fraud, forgery for both of the checks, and then in December of 2011, they have to drop the charges because they don't have enough evidence. Mm. This case is real fucking frustrating. It's super frustrating. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, No one has ever faced charges for Alicia's disappearance. Andre and Alicia had been divorced for seven years at the time she vanished. So I don't know why there suddenly is an issue and why things are suddenly, you know, a problem. And she goes missing. And then Mm -hmm. money is cash. I want to know what this loan is that he had to pay with that money. Yeah. What happened that you needed that money? I just... 
does is this why she's disappeared like what happened i don't understand but it's so it's so strange because like you would think no maybe not i mean i was thinking like maybe he has life insurance on her you know what i mean because they they were partners it's not crazy for one parent to have life insurance mm-hmm. on another parent but that right. goes against the whole like not ever filing anything ever correct so that wouldn't really mm. make sense because no. if anything, he would be like, yeah, she's missing. I need to mark mm. this day so we can get closer to the day I get paid. You know what right. I mean? It just, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. Fucked. None of that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's a whole shit show. I don't fucking understand. No activity with her social has been used. Uh, like I said, she would talk to her sister every day. I don't know. If anyone has heard anything on this case, the number for the San Juan Police Department, because apparently the other one cannot be trusted, is... I think it's 22 or 72. I do apologize. My handwriting is horrible. But uh, obviously you can also Google the uh, police department if you need to with information. But that is the story of Alicia Brookshire. And I'm still really pissed that there really is nothing in terms of video online about this. That's crazy. Just like everyone mishandled that situation. A little bit. bit. You know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. goddamn. Like, there is nothing. There is, I think there's maybe, like, a Facebook page, if anything, online. There's, like, next to nothing in terms of, like, it's 2008. It's not, like, the 60s. There should be more information on this. There should be more being done to find her. But I... Yeah. It sucks. I feel so bad for her kids, because that's real shitty. That's wild. So, to her sister, I'm very sorry that this happened and that, you know, you got nothing to go on. And her kids. Yeah. Andre is God a shit damn. stick. Shit stick. Whether he That's did fucked. anything to her or not, because I'm not going to claim that he did, the money thing is suspicious, though, is what I will say. Yeah, still an asshole for the money stuff. Yep, not cool. Mm-mm-mm. Go on with your bad self. Um, no. Ow, motherfucker. I... You heard over there? Yeah, I, I'm stretching, which apparently hurts. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I am doing the story... Of Antonio Rocco. Uh, <laughs> you I'm didn't spell... prepare this. No, I did. I'm going to spell the last name because I forgot. That's why I was like, oh. Stop so, it. So the last name is C-A-P-O-N-I-G-R-O. I. You lost me after the fourth letter. Yeah, I don't want to try and say that. <laughs> I was like, Capo, and then I forgot the rest of the letters. N I G R O. I don't I want forgot. to. Are you? What the fuck? Also, you're looking at it. I'm not. I have to sit there and like look at it in my head. It's close to the Spanish word for black. Oh. It's an I instead of an E. And I don't oh. feel. I don't feel like walking that razor's edge because I'm bad at pronouncing things. And I don't want to get canceled for a mispronunciation. I want to get canceled for when I say something truly unforgivable. Which happens every episode. I mean, yeah. Oh, God, what did I say to Sarah the other day that I made myself laugh so fucking hard? Oh, we were walking around the neighborhood, and I said said something dumb, and Sarah (laughs) was like, shut up. And I started doing, like, the politician, I'm sorry to everyone that I may have hurt. And I apologize to all those that I'll continue to hurt. 
And Sarah was like, what is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> I, I made myself laugh real hard when I said that. So Antonio Rocco, last name, was born January 22, 1912 in Chicago. January 22. Chicago. Huh? Yeah, January one two two one two. January 22nd, 1912 in Chicago. At a younger age, they moved to Newark, New, Jer- New Jersey in the 50s and 60s. Uh, what the fuck? What? That's a different sentence. <laughs> I'm going to try again. At a younger age, they moved to Newark, New Jersey, period. In the 50s and 60s. In the 50s and 60s, he also ran a stand for his father. What kind of stand? Okay. <gasps> Was it a banana stand? His father had actually made a successful business at the Italian market selling bananas. You're lying. That's right. His father was a wealthy banana merchant who ran a banana-based stand. You're lying. He was, I swear to God. (gasps) Okay? This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened. Antonio was also a made man of the Philadelphia crime family. Shut up. And they called him Tony Bananas. You're lying. They called him fucking Tony Bananas. We're doing the story of Tony Bananas. Is this like a really There's always lie? banana money. There's always money in the banana stand, Michael. <laughs> There's always banana money. <laughs> There's always banana money. There's always money in the banana no, stand, are you, Michael. Are you lying or are you no, serious? This this is this is a legitimate gangster that I'm covering, and his Shut name is Tony up. Bananas. Tony fucking Bananas, oh God, baby. Tony fucking Bananas. Yes. Um, Lucille is awkwardly winking in her grave. I cannot. I miss her. Oh, I miss her too. What a beautiful, incredible oh. talent. I love that woman. Yes, and also Tony Hale is fantastic, who plays Buster. And if you guys oh, don't know yeah. what we're talking about, we are talking about Arrested, Arrested Development. development. Yeah, that entire show is just absolutely incredible. Yes. Oh, God. People did not know that Tony fucking Bananas was yeah, a gangster. His street name, Tony fucking Bananas. They didn't know he was a gangster until... Wait, did Tony actually fuck Bananas, or is that like... Heavens. Uh, I, In all fairness, I believe the banana would fuck you. You know what I mean? It would be... I it would be... It would be harder to fuck a banana than it would be to fuck yourself with a banana for both men and women, I think. Unless you're like a real innovator or you have a needle dick, one of the two. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> oh, yeah, one of the two. Uh, he had his cover blown in 1963 because Speaking he was actually. Blown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm done. Why are you blowing Tony fucking bananas? In the banana um, stand. He, uh, there was a, there was a gangster named <laughs> Joseph Valachi who flipped on his organization. And Tony Bananas was one of the people he fingered. And when you're talking about, fingered. when you're talking about mafias, that means you pointed at them and not that you like blasted their asshole with your digits. We're real children here, obviously. So... Um, I, that last name sounded real badass. What was it again? Start with the V? Valachi. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's, dude, gangsters have fucking cool names. Like, real serious. Okay. So, Tony Banana's story. 
really begins to get interesting in the 1970s. Okay. Okay? He rose to the rank of consigliere. What is that? I'm glad you asked, Ashley. What a helpful co-host. I am full of ignorance. Leading me right into the next bit. Yes. Without anyone having to draw attention to our beautifully smooth segues. Yes, what is that also? I'm just kidding. <laughs> God damn it. I was about to explain too. Um, so he rose to the rank of consigliere. Uh, this is a trusted member of the family. So when I say family oh, in this episode, it's I'm the not. it's the mob, it's the mafia, it's the it's the it's it's the quote unquote family. Dude, I oh god, I wish I wish that's what I was born into. I, I would have died so a, quick. I think a lot of people would trust you. I Wait, I hold up. I okay. So, but that's the thing. That's the thing is a lot mm. of people trust me. Should they? But but that's the that's the thing is what I've done is I've cultivated a personality that instills trust, right? But I also have a sense of humor that is so dry you can't tell when I'm joking. It's never wet. So <laughs> I I'm I'm never wet. I'm never wet. And oh, I need to get it together. Okay. Yes. Uh, so yeah, people don't know if I'm lying to them or not because I just tell everything like it's the truth. Um, yeah. So I guess people don't trust me. Never mind. Um, that's that's one of my favorite quotes that Cody anyone's... 2024. Trust anyone... him with your finances. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes that anyone's ever said to me about me is Sarah one time told mm. me, "Everybody likes you, Cody. Everybody likes you." But no one trusts you. <laughs> I was like, ah, all right. Oh my god. So a consigliere is a trusted member of the family. Often an older and uh, <laughs> often an older family member that has seen a lot of shit and survived. So like someone who's who's been with the organization for years. Um they the consigliere is one of the only people who's allowed to speak back to the boss even argue no. with the boss at sometimes because yeah. they they are trusted to be one of the only people that challenges the boss's decisions so they they are expected to be like that right hand man position go go to them and the boss says we're gonna do this and the consigliere will be like yeah boss i don't know if that's a good idea boss and then they'll explain why. I don't think that's how Tony Bananas sounded. No, this is like when uh, you're really drunk and you try and backtalk Sarah. And she's like, sit down and shut up. And you're oh, like, yeah. okay, boss. <laughs> okay, boss. I don't want to be any trouble here. So, yeah. So, he had, ri he had risen all the way up the ranks to basically be the boss's right-hand man of the Philadelphia crime family. All right. So, consigliere can be a very dangerous position, but it also can be a powerful one because you have the boss's ear, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, if if you're an un, if you're a tr untrustworthy sort, maybe you kind of try and guide them to the stuff that benefits you, you know? <clears throat> Cody, what? Uh, the, no, that's something you would uh, you would do. Oh yeah, hundred percent, all the time, whenever I can. Tony Bananas. Being so close to the top of the family, got to see a lot of things others did not. He began to sense a decline, not with himself, mm -hmm. not a decline of the family, but of the boss, Angelo Bruno. 
He's the boss. He's the boss. He's the boss of the Philadelphia crime family. He's the banana boss. He's the, he's the big boss. No, he's not the banana boss. He's a big Tony banana. Banana's dad is the banana boss. This is Fuck. his his boss boss. What? There's okay. always money in the banana stand, Michael. Um, mm-hmm. No touching. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, Angelo was a beloved boss of the crime family. Uh, the reason he was actually so beloved is most often he would choose a compassionate solution or offer a compromise. He wasn't a pushover. Oh, I like him. He wasn't okay. a pushover. If he gave a compromise, obviously it's still going to benefit him more, but it allowed him to solve problems without violence that other you know, family, uh, other family heads would solve with violence. Go fucking kill that guy. They're not going to go have a conversation. Bruno was, he, he, he genuinely, instead of going a violent route, he ruled by keeping everyone happy and not ruling by fear like a lot of them do. Okay. Do you know what I'm imagining now? What? So stupid. So the boss... I am imagining looks like Bert from Sesame Street because he's yellow like a banana. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. So that's what I'm picturing, but with like Solomon-like wisdom and solution. Biblical reference again. All right, cool. I wanted to look up one other thing before I got started again. And I did. Um, no, but uh, Bert the Banana Boss sounds fun. Bert the Banana Boss. That's going to be part of the title. I ain't mad at it. So, yeah, so Tony Bananas, uh, you know, he saw the decline of his boss, um, and his boss was beloved. He was actually, like, well-respected. He had been ruling, he had been the boss for, like, like two-plus decades or something. Like, he, okay. it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't anything to scoff at, right? So, Tony Bananas noticed his boss slowing down. And he decided to help him slow down to a dead halt. Hmm. Huh? <laughs> Cody is smiling like an idiot. Yeah, that was good. Wait, Tony Bananas is the villain. Tony Bananas is going after his boss, Bruno. His boss is, but you know what? He's <laughs> just... <laughs> nope. No. Uh, so, Bananas knew that there were indictments coming for Bruno for racketeering. Mm-hmm. Right? He knew mm-hmm. that, like, actual law enforcement was closing in on him. So Bananas felt like he had to make his move and get Bruno out of the way. If he got Bruno out of the way, very likely he could take off, take over the methamphetamine industry in the area that was what b- booming, but no one had really laid claim to it. So there was a lot of people. There's actual crime going on. I know, crazy, right? Um, yeah, this is back when they still called meth like speed. You know? Mm. Like, so yeah, they were selling speed and shit. He decided to visit his friend Frank Thierry from the Genovese family. But you gotta say it like convincingly, like Thierry. Thierry. Yep. From the Genovese family. We are offending so many people right now. Uh, I even did the hand, I even did the hand hand gesture. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. Hashtag cancel. 
Bananas was actually still running a very successful um, like numbers operation in the area from the 1960s. Uh, so I, that's what I actually had to look up is a banana is uh, no, you know, a fucking banana. I'm not going to explain <laughs> a what a fucking banana is, is. <laughs> a, a numbers operation is basically like a mafia lotto. So, Ew. so you pay in and like, they figure out, Oh, Hey, who won? Um, and they give you some money. So they, they were t- pulling in a ton of cash, even though, uh, even though, Tony Bananas was in like Newark and he would go to Philadelphia because that's where the family's based. He was running this operation in New York. Okay. 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 That numbers operation was actually a holdover from the 1960s that when it came to light that Tony Bananas was running this operation in Tiati's, uh, territory it was a problem mm-hmm. because he's not supposed to be running business in Thierry's territory so mm-hmm. they ran this dispute because again Bruno liked to handle things with less violence and more talking mm-hmm. they brought this dispute to the commission the commission was the heads of all the different crime families okay mm, Okay, so the heads or like the higher ups in the different crime families, um, they they call it the commission. You bring forth like these issues. They all I mean, basically, it's 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 fucking Congress, essentially. You know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. just goddamn crime Congress. (laughs) Yeah, just I mean, yeah, like I said, Congress. So they the commission even though Thierry was on the commission, mm-hmm. Bruno had more weight than him and made and essentially swayed the commission to settle the dispute in Tony Banana's favor. So even though mm-hmm. Thierry was on the commission, he lost to Bruno's consigliere and it affected him, you know, like he's losing out, on, he, not necessarily losing out on money, but he's not making as much money as he could because he's not allowed to run the same racket that Tony Bananas is in his own territory. I mean, if there's one thing Italians are, it is prideful, so not going to go well. I mean, so everyone involved said there there was no real hard feelings. Thierry. <gasps> Bullshit. Thierry wasn't super excited about it, but he was like, okay, you know, that's what the commission decided. The commission has final say. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, down the road after this dispute, Tony Bananas goes to talk to Thierry. Yes. Right? He tells Thierry, listen, Bruno's time is basically up. He's old as shit at this point. I think he was like late 70s, early 80s. Um, He's older. He's not going to be around much longer if it's for his age or if it's because of these indictments that are coming down. He is like he's not long for this world. So Tony Bananas asked Thierry, do I have your blessing to take him out? You're on the commission. Do I have your blessing to take him out? I'll take over the Philadelphia crime family and 
you and me, we already work together because I'm running this racket. Why, you know, what's up? Let's be business partners. And Thierry's like, yeah, without a doubt. This is the coolest goddamn plan. Go kill that motherfucker. Okie doke. So. You're lying. No. Thierry Thierry was like, hell yeah, go get him. Take that shit over. So Thierry agreed to support him and Tony headed home to find help. He recruited his brother-in-law. He recruited two capos, which are... Yeah, yeah, Benny Bananas. Um, And two capos, which are just like captains, I guess. uh, And pulled them aside and said, listen, I have permission from the commission. Go kill Bruno. Go kill Bruno. Go kill Bruno. In Philadelphia, on March 21st, 1980, Bruno was shotgunned in his car. Shotgunned? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. They they stuck a shotgun real, real close to him, and they pulled no. the trigger, and that was Fuck. that. And oh, my God. I did see the picture. Oh. It's not terrible. Oh, now you make me curious. But it looks pretty fucked up. It, like, the, the picture I saw was from, like, a vantage point that, like, kind of didn't show much, but it... It was still clearly fucked. He was actually in the car with his driver at the time, and his driver was wounded but got away. So, Angelo Bruno, March 21st, 1980, is dead. The beloved boss of the Philadelphia crime family has lost his life. The commission... It is is bananas. Good one, Ashley. I appreciate that. Thank you. The commission immediately summoned Tony Bananas. And he's like, what? And Tony, Tony Bananas shows up and he's like, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> like all you did. Like an... Yeah. Said the commission made him, the commission made him stand before them and explain what had happened. And Tony Bananas said, I actually, they were saying you didn't get permission from the commission. You did not even run this by us. This is not okay. And he turns and he looks to Thierry and he says, Thierry gave me his blessing. And Thierry completely denies it. I have no idea what you're talking about. Doesn't even really like look at him. Well, that's guilty. I, I, I wouldn't have done that. Why would I tell you to kill Bruno? Just straight up sells him out. And the commission told him, you killed one of us. You did not ask for permission. You did not approach us for any sort of conversation. That's a problem. And there's no other information on Tony Bananas other than the fact that on April 18th, 1980, Tony Bananas and his brother-in-law were found brutally beaten to death and nude in the trunk of a car in the Bronx. Jesus Christ. Thierry's hometown. Shut up. But no one was ever charged for the murder. It was, from what I could find, like it doesn't even seem like it was really investigated. It was just like, ah, fuck, another gangster dead. Um, what, t- what, when did uh, Bruno die? Because I know you said that was March 18th, right? Before uh, bananas. March March twenty first, 
for Bruno, April 18th for Bananas. April 18th, that's the confusion. Okay. So so there's a there's a there's about a month in there where, you know, I it doesn't ha- I couldn't find any information. Like I don't know if he was Which just is... like they let him out of the commission and they just fucking followed him or or what. It's just but Do you think they set up like a fake banana situation like we got an idea for a new banana stand in the Bronx. I hope so. I I I personally hope that Tony Banana slipped on a peel and just ate shit down the steps and that's actually how he died and they were just like let's embarrass him though and put him in the back of a trunk. Or was it like the court, the commission where he slipped on a peel? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, yeah. Okay. Sometimes that was pretty good pun. Works. I think so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, poor mm-hmm. Tony fucking bananas. Mm-hmm. You know, you know where there probably were bananas, the Garden of Eden, not the tanning salon. I mean, maybe there was definitely at least one apple. Um, I think uh, they say it was actually a pomegranate potentially. Okay, what the fuck ever. Have you not I... heard that? I've heard that multiple sh- times. Okay, sure. Also, they That's probably fun. weren't white, so. Yeah. I mean, they did stupid white shit, but I don't think they were actually white. Jesus ain't white. Correct. He is more like off-white. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Hashtag canceled. Definitely Middle Eastern, obviously. Yeah, that's all I got. I had something else, but I lost it. What was the... Oh, have you seen the meme on Facebook where it's like Adam and Eve and the apple... He's like, oh, hey, look, it's the McRib. And she's like, don't call me that. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did see that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the it... McRib's back. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So if you're listening to this on Friday, I am in Vegas. Oh, shit. Yeah. When do you get back from Vegas? Um, Saturday. Thank you guys for listening and putting up with our fruit jokes and other shit and our other dumb jokes. Just general buffoonery. Oh yeah, that's us in a nutshell. Everyone have a great day, weekend, afternoon. Bye! So go eat a banana, fuck a banana, whatever you want to do. Let it fuck you. I don't care. I read on the internet one time that if you if you heat up a banana peel in the microwave for like four seconds. Four seconds. J- like just the banana peel. Yeah. Uh, you can use that for things. Um, so Cody has homework for the next week. I mean, okay. He is going to find out what happens. I say put it in there for ten seconds, see what happens. <laughs> I ain't trying to burn my business. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dear Friends Dead Ends Pod on Instagram, Dear Friends Dead Ends at Gmail. And um, thank you once again, everyone. We love you. Thank you. Bye.